Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you really know what it means to be sanctified holy and to be preserved complete? You know, many things in the Bible are apparently understood, but what did the Apostle Paul really mean? Stay with us for today's life study from 1 Thessalonians because we've got a great program with some unique stories in the relationship between Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. This is Matt Miller, and I'm filling in for Chris Wilde. Bill Lawson's joined me for today's broadcast, and I'm particularly happy, Bill, that you're here for this special program today. It's good to be here, Matt. Well, Bill, um, Witness Lee's going to start out today's program with a parenthetical story from 1933. Now, this particular message was given in 1982, so that was 49 years earlier, and it was related to a story with Watchman Nee in Shanghai. And the reason he gives this story is because he asks Francis Ball in the 1982 meeting, and Francis is one of the regular life study guests on this program. He asked Francis, who was in that meeting when Witness Lee originally spoke this word, what it means to be sanctified, holy. And Francis responded, I don't know. And Witness Lee used that opportunity to talk about the shame it is today that so many preachers would pretend to know everything when actually they don't really know. And they won't humble themselves to be poor in spirit to really find out. I think this is the kind of experience we had in the meetings with Witness Lee that sometimes escape the radio because we're so busy talking about the teachings. And I thought today would be a good opportunity to give our listeners a little window into uh, Witness Lee's heart on some of these stories. So let's go to that section to start out, and then we'll come back afterwards and get into the message a little later. Okay, so let's go to that right now. Paul says, May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved. What do you do practically to preserve your spirit? We Christians have such a weakness. We study the Word always we take it for granted. Oh, I know. 
First Thessalonians 5.23 says, uh -huh, may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. Oh, I know that. Now, I may have a little bonus to bother this brother. Hi, Francis. <laughs> now, Brother Francis, would you please help us to tell us how to preserve your spirit? <laughs> Very good. You know, the best word out of mouth is, I don't know. <laughs> oh, as a Christian, especially as an elder, <laughs> that you would say, I don't know, this marvelous. This must be a saint. <laughs> because every preacher, every minister, every pastor, every evangelist, every elder would pretend to know everything. If I don't know everything, how could I be an elder? How could I take the lead? How could I be a pastor, a minister, and so forth? But blessed are those who they say, I don't know. I don't know. The first time that was 49 years ago, I went to Shanghai. I stayed there as a learning guest to Brother Ni. The first thing I learned is to learn to say, I don't know. One of the co-workers, before he left the job, he was post office master, very educated person, he was not only older than I, but also older than Brother Ni. He uh, was staying there for some years, and then one day he was invited to another city. He was a kind of timid person. So he came to Brother Ni and asked Brother Ni to render some help to him. Brother Ni, as you know, I've been invited to Hua Hua City. I'd just like to get help from you. Please tell me what you would say. But he said, the only thing you need to learn is to say, I don't know. As long as you could learn to say this, you are okay. Just to go out to tell people you don't know anything. Whatever people would ask you, you said, I don't know. When I heard this, I thought this was strange. If I don't know, I don't need to go. <laughs> if I go, sure, I know something. If I don't know, how could I help you? I don't know. But, but the knee insisted that you have to learn to say, I don't know. And I learned a lot. Okay, very good, Brother Francis. Don't be disappointed. Be encouraged to say, I don't know. Bill, blessed are those who can say, I don't know. This is a marvelous word. What do you think about this as an introduction to today's program? Uh, it seems like people aren't going to get this program if they can't come to the Lord poor in spirit. It's like that was the beginning word in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Before you can get anything, you have to be emptied out. Right. In chapter 5 of Matthew, the Lord began that way. Blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are the pure in heart. Mm -hmm. So if we do not take this kind of attitude, Matt, it's very, very difficult to understand what the Word is really speaking to us. And the Word of today's program particularly is, what does it mean to be sanctified holy? And what does it mean to be 
preserved complete. So we're going to come to that in a minute. But Bill, I'd like to take this opportunity before we go on to the message to underscore a little bit the relationship as you hear Witness Lee talk with Watchman Nee. And I had an experience with a Christian bookstore in Southern California a few years ago, and I asked them for a book by Witness Lee. I was looking for a book at the time, and I wanted to know if they had it in stock. And the man who answered the phone responded, oh, Witness Lee, we don't carry his books. He's not good. And I was taken back by that. And the guy started talking to me on the phone and volunteering all this information. And he said, Watchman Nee's okay, but Witness Lee, he's not okay. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, Witness Lee, he was in a whole different part of China from a whole different time period from Watchman Nee, and they couldn't have possibly been together. And I said, well, I personally know Witness Lee, and that's not true. And I went to the bookstore and took him a picture of Watchman Nee's wedding, which showed that Witness Lee was the best man in that wedding service. They're very close. Yet there's this kind of a lie out there that they weren't together. They weren't close. And it might be good to take this opportunity, and particularly since your service to the Lord here at Living Stream Ministry is to head up the archive section. So in a particular way, you have studied this relationship of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. And I thought before we go on to the message on 1 Thessalonians 5.23, if you could say a quick word about that relationship and how close it was with Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Yeah, Matt, I would be uh, very pleased to say something uh, briefly here. The two brothers were obviously extremely close, not only in their living but also in their work together. Brother Nee began after his salvation in 1920. He began to publish in around 1923, 1924. In 1925, he put out this publication called The Christian. And uh, Brother Lee was saved in 1925 and right away began to correspond with Brother Nee in that publication. Then for six or seven years, they corresponded together. In 1932, then, uh, of course, Brother Lee was uh, laboring there up north in Chifu. Brother Nee was down south in Fu Chao. Uh, Brother Nee went up to visit Brother Lee in 1932 in uh, Chifu, and then the next year, in 1933, Brother Nee realized the potential in Brother Lee's work and invited Brother Lee to join the work in Shanghai in 1933, and Brother Lee felt before the Lord to go ahead and do that. So from 1933 on, these two brothers labored together. Brother Lee told us many times for 18 years he was very closely laboring with Brother uh, Watchman Nee. And then, of course, we know in 1949, Brother Nee felt to remain in the mainland because of the political situation. He sent, personally sent Brother Lee out to Taiwan to begin the work. Then in 1950, there was a short period of time where Brother Nee was able to travel from the mainland. He went to Hong Kong, and Brother Nee and Brother Lee, both of them, gave conferences together in the church in Hong Kong in early 1950. And if you read those uh, writings, you cannot tell who's speaking. If you didn't know who was speaking, Speaking, you would think one is the other and the other is the other. They were that close. Eventually, Brother Nee was imprisoned in 1952, and he died in the prison camp in 1972. I have a couple quotes here I'd like to mention just briefly. At one time, Brother Lee said of Brother Watchman Nee, even the angels can testify that I was thoroughly, fully, and absolutely one with Brother Watchman Nee's ministry. Then, uh, in reverse, one time, Brother Watchman Nee spoke of Brother Lee and said, 
any attack on him, that is, Brother Lee, any attack on him is an attack on me. If Brother Witness makes a mistake in anything, it is my mistake. And eventually we know in prison there, the last few years in prison in the in 1970s, there was a particular prisoner in prison with Brother Watchman Nee who eventually was released. Brother Nee, of course, was kept in prison. But Brother Nee spoke to that young uh, one who was finally released and told him, after you go out of prison, you should try to find a brother by the name of Witness Lee. Tell him that I have not, this is Brother Nee speaking, I have not abandoned my faith. When you see him, you see me. What he speaks to you, that is my speaking to you. What Witness Lee speaks is Watchman Nee speaking to you. Exactly, Matt. That's how close these two brothers were for 18 years. Really glad I asked you, Bill. I think that's a very good word. I hope our listeners appreciated what you shared just now as much as I did. Uh, We better go on, though, because we still have a whole life study message to cover today. Right. Uh, It's actually printed message number 23 from the life study of 1 Thessalonians. Why don't we get to that message right now? May the God of peace sanctify you. Holy. How holy is to be holy. So he answered this question. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved, complete. This is to be sanctified holy. Not only your spirit is sanctified, but plus your soul. Not only soul, plus your body. Every part of your being is sanctified. God surely aspires to preserve you in your three parts of your being. There are two schools. One is called trichotomy. The other is called dichotomy. So uh, one school says man is of three parts, which is very, very scriptural. Based upon this verse, may your spirit and, you see here's and, a conjunction here. If you know Greek, you know this word, very strong. Spirit and soul and body. Three parts. But the strange, a good number belong to the dichotomy school. They say spirit and soul are synonyms. Not only so, even mind, heart, all synonyms, referring to the same thing. You see? This is a big difference. The spirit is the spirit, and the soul is the soul. Now, let me tell you, through the fall, our body has been ruined. Our soul has been contaminated, and our spirit has been deadened. In God's full salvation, our entire being is saved and made complete and perfect. For this, God is preserving our spirit from, listen, any deadening element. This is proven by Hebrew 9.14. Then our soul from remaining natural and old 
and then our body from the ruin of sin. Well, Bill, we start to get to the answer here, don't we? Right, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you take it from there. We talked about, I don't know, it's not a small thing. Of course, Brother Nee are not trying to say they don't know anything. They're just saying in learning the things of the Word of God, we have to have the proper attitude that we don't know, and that way we can be open to the Lord that he would reveal to us what is the real thing. So I think we really have to understand that. And then here is quite good. Brother Lee eventually goes into the deep, truth and knowledge of what it means to preserve our entire being, our spirit and soul and body. It's good here, Matt, he gets very practical. On one hand, he touches the truth concerning the tripartite nature of man. In composition, we know man is of three parts, spirit and soul and body. Uh, And also, Paul in Hebrews 4.12 talks about the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. So there's another confirming verse in Scripture that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that man is a composition of three distinct parts. So that's on the truth side. Uh, Of course, Brother Lee doesn't here want to leave us on the truth side. He wants to bring us into the practice because we may know truth-wise that man is of three parts, but it doesn't help us in our Christian life and experience. So here Brother Lee goes into the experience to show how we can practically daily have our spirit and soul and body preserved by taking care of a few things. And I think the most important thing is we have to maintain our spirit to be in a very living situation by living, that means we need to be in fellowship with the Lord all the time, either by singing, by praying, by praising, by thanking. And even Paul here, in a few verses just before, verse 23, he talks about always rejoice, right? Unceasingly pray. Right, unceasingly pray. Always rejoice. Always rejoice, unceasingly pray. In everything, uh, everything, right. In everything, give thanks. And these are three means right here in the same context. To keep our spirit living. Exactly, Matt. To keep our spirit living, we need to pray, praise, thank the Lord, rejoice in Him, sing, read His Word, speak the Word, preach the Gospel. All of these are practical means, Matt, for us to keep our spirit living and alive. That preserves our spirit. Then, of course, when our spirit is preserved, that life in our spirit spreads into our soul, right? Our mind, emotion, and our will. And that keeps our soul from being natural, from being old, just a part of the old creation. And Paul says the life is even given to our mortal body. So even our body can be preserved from the ruin of sin because we know man fell into sin and our body became a body of sin. Seems like, Bill, uh, many of us can relate to the effects of the fall, that our spirit's deadened, our soul is contaminated, and our body is ruined. But that's the work of the devil. But the work of God's salvation is to renew our mind, sanctify us wholly, and to preserve us without blame. Let's go on to the final portion of uh, our life study today. How to preserve our spirit. Our spirit... It's mainly for us to fellowship with God. When we fellowship with God, we contact God. And this contact with God spontaneously gives us God's consciousness. And this kind of direct sensation is called intuition. And this intuition makes us to realize whether we are wrong 
or we are right. If we are wrong, we are condemned by our conscience. If we are right, we are justified by our conscience. Like Romans 2 says, our conscience either accuses, condemns, or excuses, justifies. So you have these three parts, the fellowship, the intuition, and uh, the conscience. To preserve your spirit, number one is to exercise your spirit to fellowship with God. If you don't do this, you leave your spirit in a deadened situation. When we Christians coming together into a meeting, we need to function. We need to praise. We need to pray. We need to give a word. We need to speak something that is to exercise our spirit. That is to bother our spirit. Not to let our spirit dormant there. Not to let our spirit deaden there. To preserve our spirit. Number one is to keep our spirit all the time living in order to help us to understand verse 23. Have you seen? Verse 16. So verse 24, what verse 16 says, Rejoice always. What verse 17 says, Unceasingly pray. What verse 18 says, In everything give thanks. Do you realize to rejoice, to pray, is to exercise your spirit, is to make your spirit living. To make your spirit living, brothers, is to preserve your spirit. Bill, we need to make our spirit living. Right. To preserve it by bothering it. Don't let it stay in a dead condition. This is a very practical word. Right. A help on how to exercise our spirit. I was really helped by this. Same for me. I was very much struck of how strong Brother Lee was about this word exercise. We think this is not maybe such a spiritual term, but in Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, exercise yourself unto godliness. By exercising ourselves, we can really preserve our entire being, right? Our spirit and soul and body. I was considering, Matt, in Second Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthians, he said, uh, Therefore, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and of spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Here, in this dirty world we believers live in, we're defiled all the time. So we need to exercise ourselves, you know, to avoid defilement, even to our spirit, to our soul, and even to our body. So we Christians can do something practically, you know, not reading certain things, not going certain places, not looking at certain things. Uh, and that way, this will help us preserve our entire being complete. You know, there's a verse, I can't remember where it is, Bill, right now. I think it was either Job or David. They said they made a covenant with their eyes. Not to look. We can do this. When we're reading a newspaper, eyes don't look there. 
or a certain billboards. Don't look at that. Don't let your eye look there. That will defile. That will deaden your spirit if you look at those things. And that will not allow the Lord to do a preserving work in our entire being. So the Lord, you know, he wants all three parts of us, right? He wants our spirit and our soul and our body to be preserved complete, even at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that when he comes back, we don't have any part of our being that's uh, defiled, but every part of our being is preserved. Well, I hope we've given our listeners a good definition of what it means to be preserved complete and to be sanctified holy. We've run out of time, Bill. I appreciate you joining me today. Very good. And we appreciate you joining us. We hope that you also share in our appreciation for uh, the word today from the Lord. And if you'd like to get the printed copies of the Life Study message from today, you can call us at 888-543-3788, or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. Thanks again for joining us today. On behalf of Bill Lawson, this is Matt Miller. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.